Hey everyone, I'm Akhil, and yesterday I released my very first personal podcast. And it's funny because I told myself that I probably would never pursue it or continue videos. But I did receive quite a positive response from a lot of friends and family. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. And so it is 12, 16 a.m. And you know what that means? It's Valentine's Day. Yay. Woohoo. Okay, cool. So, of course, given the theme of today, why don't we do an episode on Valentine's Day? Perfect. Okay. <clears throat> so, again, I hope you enjoy, I guess, today's episode. And why don't we just delve right into it. So as a lot of you probably know, I am a single gay man living somewhere in Vancouver during the quarantine, during the pandemic, I should say. And you know what? So uh, relating back to the, you know, the conversation that I had with y'all yesterday, um, a couple of years ago, I was at a different place. Right. I was going through a lot of insecurities and I was questioning, you know, my place in the gay community. And um, obviously, because of some of the unfortunate experiences I had faced. Um, but again, I was at a different space, a different place a couple of years ago. Um, and I would say right now, the funny thing is, I don't. It's, it's weird because, I mean, obviously I have inclinations and, you know, I, I mean, I would love to be in a relationship, of course, but I don't have that strong urge to be in a relationship. And I don't know if, you know, if you can really, if you relate to that or not, but because I've spoken to people, you know, during the pandemic, there's that longing for, you know, human intimacy and interaction and connection, right? So the funny thing is, or the ironic thing is, I haven't had that desire to be in a relationship um, ever since, honestly, the um, pandemic began um, back in, like, uh, January. And it's an interesting feeling, you know, because I'm at home. And uh, okay, maybe I should also mention one thing. Um, I haven't interacted in person with a single soul since March. So basically when the pandemic broke out um, and when there was a lockdown in Vancouver. So since March, I haven't seen a single soul. I've been, you know, locked up at home, basically quarantined for the past year, um, almost one year. And I haven't had any sort of interaction with anyone. And I think this also goes into like my experience during um, COVID-19 during the summer, like why I didn't have that um, longing to be in a relationship, let alone to honestly to, you know, see my friends. Like I think um, it's interesting. I've spoken to a lot of different people and, you know, and of course it, it's completely understandable um, to have those um, yearning to be with people. But in my situation, I think the last couple of years, I spent so much of my energy and time focusing and depending on others, 
on my external environment, on many different identities I had assumed, right? And so I think that my external self depleted my internal energy because for so long I was, again, you know, trying to be a different person, trying to conform to, you know, the ideal image of a gay person. And as a result, that just took a huge toll on myself. And, you know, I mentioned in the first podcast that um, I felt depleted, but I also felt like I had lost myself. I didn't know who I was anymore. And, you know, when you're in that state of being, I mean, right now I can say um, that that is not a place to be, like that's not a place you want to be at when you're pursuing other people, whether that's romantically or even platonically when you're with friends. Because I think when you've lost your way, it's hard to, one, recollect your values and also navigate relationships. I don't, because again, you're not necessarily being your full, authentic, genuine self. You're not showing up for yourself, which is ultimately the most important thing in the world, right? If if you can show up for other people, but you can't show up for yourself, I mean, what's like, something is clearly going wrong, right? And that needs to be addressed. And so for me, when this whole pandemic spiraled out, um, coming home to live with my mom was a complete blessing, blessing in disguise even. Um, and I, it, it's, it's mind boggling because, you know, in March, you know, living the Vancouver life and I was going to school and I was, and then within a month, like in an instant, things completely and drastically changed. And it, the, the transformation, the transition happened so fast. And I think it's because I was at a, um, at a lower space or at a lower like energy state. I don't know if that's the right um, phrase or terminology to use, but I was at a lower point in my life. And so I think the reason why I had such a sudden transition was because I was going from such a low place to a better place. And that better place was with my mom, living with my mom. And, you know, my brother, he he lives in, you know, he lives in another province. My dad is also traveling for work. So it's just my mom and I in our two-story house, right? And again, I received a lot of comments from friends and, you know, peers being like, oh, you know, you're living with your mom. You know, what's that like? Like, do you find it claustrophobic? Do you, you know, are your parents or parent in this case, are they overbearing? You know, do you have your privacy? Do you have your space? And you know what? I understand that family dynamics are definitely different for every household. It's different for, you know, it depends on the relationship that you have with your parents. So totally get that. And I think that's where I'm definitely fortunate to have a really, really strong relationship with my mom. And I think um, maybe you've even 
um, seen tidbits of my relationship because I do I do post from time to time, you know, either pictures or you know any life lessons that I learn from her. I sometimes share on Instagram on my story. So maybe you've seen a bit of the dynamic I have with my mom, and it is uh, the best thing in a, in the world. You know, my mom she's not only my best friend, she's my teacher, she's my mentor, she's my nourisher. I don't think that's a word, but being home. And the thing is, I went to UBC, so home is not far at all. You know, it's comparing it to international students, home is right here. It's like a centimeter away, not even a millimeter away on a map. So, but it's just crazy how when you're actually physically home with your family, there's that instant safety blanket you feel, right? Or at least in my case, I felt an instant safety blanket. And yeah, it's just the the energy at home, right? The energy of that's your safe space. Like that's my, that's my safe zone. Um, and so immediately, and the thing is like with my mom, we have, or at least we've built, it's, it's taken some time, of course, to build the kind of relationship that we do have right now, right? In terms of, um, you know, coming from different generations and, you know, how she is, you know, she's from India and I'm from, I was born here, right? So um, it's definitely taken some time to build the relationship to where it is right now. But I'm extremely fortunate to be able to pretty much share every part of my life, um, including, you know, the gay experience, the what I shared with you guys yesterday. I've had that conversation dozens of times with my mom. Um and I guess maybe just a quick aside, I, this is not really relevant, but like she's also a psychologist. So I think that definitely plays a role in the relationship that we have in terms of um, providing that space, right, for the other person to just fully release and for them to fully just be open and share themselves, right? So I think that's definitely played a role in how our relationship um, is in general. So where am I going with this? So yeah, basically coming home, again, in response to friends that have questioned whether, whether it's a sustainable place to be in, hell yes, extremely. Um, and yeah, but I think to get to delve deeper into it, being quarantined was a time for me to begin building a relationship with myself. And I know I've that sounds like a buzz phrase nowadays. Like, what does building a relationship with yourself even mean? Um, well, again, alluding to what I said earlier, we, you know, when you're in a team setting or when you're um, advocating for, you know, uh, social social rights or human rights, right? We often show up for the causes we are standing up for, or we show up for other people. But it's interesting that in a lot of cases, we often don't show up for ourselves. And what does showing up even mean, right? Because I think we're very, and when I say we're, I'm just speaking from 
my observation, but we're very critical creatures, right? We're always, you know, as I mentioned earlier, categorizing and labeling. And as a result, that makes us quite critical. And a lot of that criticism is applied to ourselves, right? Um, you know, we we tend, like, it's it's natural, right? We are compassionate for others and we can empathize with other people, but... Um, it it sometimes it's it's at the expense of your health even when we don't always realize it right the more the energy that we give to the world um you know that's energy that's also leaving our bodies and souls so i think that's what i mean by showing up just being showing compassion for yourself and so Definitely coming home to my home um, outside of UBC has been a time of a lot of reflection. Um, a lot of reflection, you know, and I think part of that is also a lot of vulnerability, actually. Because again, stemming from those couple of years of my past, that was all you know, accumulating and it was, it, it was like boiling in this, in this hot pot, I guess you could say. And I hadn't addressed any of it. And I remember like over the summer I had, I opened up to my mom about different experiences, both negative and positive. I opened up and I remember at one point it's, it, it was, it was a shocker for me. I remember I kind of just broke down. I, just began crying uncontrollably and what i said to her was wow i forgot who i was before university i forgot i completely forgot that part of my life i didn't like you know in terms of all of the the love and the joy and the bliss that i had experienced you know the past 3 years took up so much space within my my being that it completely overshadowed my entire existence prior to joining university and that sudden realization just it tore me apart like i, I mean it was a healing experience but it shook me and i broke down i like could not control myself i was just crying and crying and um it was a really special moment for me to have, especially with my mother, to, again, just be able to completely release, feel, experience that vulnerability that I had kept inside myself for so long. And that was a very powerful moment for me. And I think that was also the first step in healing a lot of the internal wounds. And so I think maybe that's also another aspect of building that relationship with yourself. Because again, we tend to criticize, you know, our flaws or insecurities. But if like it, we we need to again, vulnerability, it's just the importance of just feeling, of just feeling your emotions, letting yourself feel, let yourself experience whether that means you need to completely break down and cry, sometimes that is what it takes, is just 
crying and shedding those tears. Because again, with those tears, you're shedding, you're slowly opening yourself up and you're letting that light shine. And it's a very important and beautiful thing to see and experience. And I would say another aspect of building that relationship with myself, at least for me, was also connecting with my culture and with my ancestry. Because I think that was another underlying um, thing that I hadn't addressed for so long, right? As I mentioned, you know, being Indian, I guess, in general, um, it's being Indian in Canada and sort of experience your, experiencing your Indianness um, outside of India, right? It's, I've, or at least for me, it was a, I mean, it's a different experience, I'm sure. And I think I hold, now I hold my culture, it's a very critical component to who I am. And for so long, I guess I was very much detached and disassociated with my culture, with my ancestry, with my people, to the point where I, you know, I felt embarrassed and I even disregarded my ancestry, my past, my culture. Um, there were times when I would also join in the banter of like in the stereotypical banter. And, you know, at those times in my life, I didn't real like to me, it seemed like it was a no biggie. Like, you know, I didn't feel any worse, but it does have a huge impact, in my opinion, on the person. You know, of course, like it when, for example, your culture, your background, that's sort of within your DNA. If if you're the one completely disregarding it and, you know, not celebrating it at all, I mean. Uh, I feel like that's that's a question you have to ask yourself. Like, where is that exactly coming from, um, and why 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 is that an occurrence? Why why are we part partaking in the dismissal of our ancestry and of our past? And and I, I don't want to get too much into it because I have released a couple of videos actually in terms of you know, what my story has been like in terms of connecting with my culture. So this is more of a TLDR that after connecting with my culture and, you know, and even exploring Hinduism and Sanatana Dharam and my roots in India, and um, it's just made me a lot more appreciative. And it's given me a, I would say, a worldwide perspective that, you know, we place so much emphasis on our external identities. You know, just in general, it's all outside, but where's love that's within, right? There's just so much energy on, for example, being gay when, you know, being gay is just one aspect of myself. Being Indian is just one aspect of myself. And from connecting with my culture and learning about um, like indigenous India and ancient India, looking at what the human experience was like back then. And from what I've learned, it's about connecting with with the limit the, with the limitlessness within you. And what does that mean? It means that you're not tied by or strung by any identity or materialistic 
external aspect of the world that you're just in bliss and simply experiencing your your energy your true self and that's you know that's the experience of bliss that's the experience of of like i feel like that's the ultimate experience of of love for yourself it's 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 a, it's it's I, I mean i'm still i'm still getting into it but and so i think just from all of these you know learnings and teachings and conversations with mom and learning about my culture and my ancestry those have all been like small roadways into the path of beginning my internal journey of you know mending my wounds and um showing up for myself and so you know i i do know that i have disconnected myself from you know friends definitely from um different people in my life and i think on one hand i yeah i i i'm i i do apologize to a lot of the people that i guess i haven't been as connected with but at the same time I don't necessarily feel, I don't, it doesn't, it's weird. I don't feel bad about it. I Because again, I don't have that longing or that dependence, that dependency to rely on other people for my happiness. And that's been the biggest realization. So again, this podcast is not meant to be a self-help podcast. You know, what are things that you can do to begin your journey? Um I think for the first time, it's just me expressing me, Akil expressing Akil. And I guess in light of Valentine's Day and single, Singles Awareness Day, I one thing I would say to the world is, what can you do tomorrow, but not just tomorrow, for the rest of the year, for your entire life, what are things you can begin doing to show up for yourself? Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I shared my story and I, I wish all of you, again, I extend all my love and energy to all of you. And I fundamentally believe before being in a relationship, whether that's sexual, romantic, or platonic, whether that's a relationship with anyone, you know, at the end of the day, you have yourself to be with until the day you die, right? And so it's super, it's just, it's it's so critical that you have that kind of relationship where you can show up for yourself, where you can be a shoulder to yourself to cry on, when you can be your own cheerleader and role model, when you yourself are your own role model, where, you know, you experience the highs, you let yourself feel the positive energy, you let yourself feel the negative energy, right? I think we try to run away from our insecurities or we try to blanket them or we try to um, replace habits with other habits that don't necessarily solve the problem. And I just encourage everyone to begin showing up for themselves. Um, and also take that time to do so. Because I know in the past I've had all of these thoughts, but 
just with how, you know, the busyness of life and how your energy is scattered with, you know, the thousands of things that you need to do as a student, whether you are a student right now, whether you're an adult with different responsibilities. I think that's one of the things about this pandemic that I found really fortunate is the time, the time that we all have, right? If, of course, it can be restless for some people, it can be lonely, it can be um, depressing. But I urge you to begin finding light in this time of darkness and using this time that we have, because I don't think, you know, I don't think we'll have this kind of time ever, right? So at different points in your life, I mean, at different points during this pandemic, I don't know how long it'll persist for, how long it'll exist for, but, you know, section out some t- some some alone time, whether you need to, again, just be in your room, lock the doors, open the window, meditate in silence and create that clarity for you to step away from your thoughts and just let yourself feel, feel now, feel what it is to be living now. I think maybe that's that's a potential first step in showing up for yourself is just creating that empty space. Um, Because I think, again, our day-to-day lives, we're so caught up, we're so scattered in our thoughts. If we could even just begin with 15 minutes in the morning, right after you wake up, you open the blinds and you sit down on the floor next to your bed with your spine up, feeling your entire body feeling the airbrush against you know your neck your your face your head and i think just creating that space between your lingering thoughts for you to experience silence and clarity maybe that's a good first step in showing up for yourself and i hope this was somewhat you know, useful, maybe. Again, not meant to necessarily recommend or provide like concrete strategies. It's more of, again, just my own personal podcast dump. And I hope that, yeah, maybe you connected with it. Maybe you didn't. That's totally fine. But I will see you next time. Signing off. Goodbye. Good night.